Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 16 Clocky Woodman, the Elven Timesmith. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Dallas Miller's table in the Levitating Platter. <laughs> So, short off the heels of my previous guest, Ariel, uh, you came clamoring over to my desk and, and wanted to hop on the podcast, so uh, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So, uh, like you said, my name is Dallas Miller. I'm another UX designer, which stands for user experience, if Ariel didn't clear that up before. <laughs> okay. Um, so, we... We really just uh, kind of combine, you know, business goals, um, user needs, and kind of throw that all together in a mix and try to create very innovative products for the future. Awesome. So, do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons & Dragons before? Yes. So, I started uh, D&D when I was probably eight years old. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Old school. <laughs> yeah, and I had uh, almost no idea what I was doing. And then I tried it again when I was about 18 years old. Okay. And I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, I'd say about five or six years ago, we picked up Pathfinder, and mm. uh, I got to be the GM on that, and quickly learned the game through Trial by Fire. So That's cool. That's awesome. So, uh, when you were originally playing it before, was it like... 3.5, 4, 5e. Oh, man. I know 5e is the newest one that's come out. And I started back in 2008 on 4th edition before I made the transition over to 5th edition. So yeah, what, it, what editions have you played? Yeah, it must have been probably 3.5. 3. It was the one with the, the brown book that just looked so old. Oh, um, oh, the was like the little booklets. Oh no, 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 no! It was the, not the not original D and D. Right, right. Yeah, I think it was. It, it must have been. Yeah, either three or three point five, whichever one that Pathfinder was based off of. I think it was that same one. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Are you still currently running any games, or are you on hiatus? Or yeah, it's been I'd say about two years since we had our last session. Um, kind of ended with some. Fatalities, and then fatality, <laughs> and then we just really never got around to playing again for some reason. Maybe I just uh, ruined the experience for everyone. I'm not Aww. sure. <laughs> well, hopefully, being on this podcast will inspire you. You'll gather your friends again, and you'll you'll give it another shot. So, since you've had experience with Dungeons and Dragons, do you have a favorite NPC? So, who is it, and why are they your favorite? Yeah. So, would you consider villains that don't attack people to be 
NPCs? They're a non-player character by definition. Cool. So so we had one in our game, uh, and there was this really cool, not to toot my own horn, but there was this really cool uh, little piece that I added in where I would go around the room and there was this uh, like siren succubus kind of villain. Okay. Um, And so all all the characters were stranded in this castle. Uh, I would go to each of the players and kind of whisper something that they couldn't tell the other players about what was going to happen and kind of like how to defeat this individual. Okay. And then they would kind of have to put clues together, not necessarily telling them black and white, but work as a team to try and defeat this person. So I thought that was... So did this cool. siren have a particular name? Or um, do you remember? I don't remember her name exactly. Uh, she was kind of brought in from like the, the king's castle and... But yeah, I don't remember her name exactly. Okay. And so that she was your favorite because you got to actually go up to each of your players and whisper something to them to give them a clue, but they couldn't outright tell the other players what it was. Exactly. Yep. So that's cool. You got to kind of conspire with each of your players at the table and then watch them try and figure it out. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, that's pretty awesome. Do you have a favorite side quest and why is it your favorite side quest? Yeah. So this is, this is probably one of the harder ones that I was... Was trying to think of um, the the difficulty here is that whenever I do play games or or even watch TV shows, I get very distracted by side quests. So I always stick to the just the main mission. Okay. Um, however, when I was playing uh, the latest Borderlands, there were some they're not really jump quests. They're more like exploration quests. I think I enjoyed those probably the most, where I'm I'm out to find you know seven gears or whatever throughout the land and so really just that that exploration part of of games i really enjoy okay so borderlands 3 just exploring the world right and so not you know taking a little time to smell the roses and not push through the main storyline so fast exactly okay awesome and then to round out the interview section what are you passionate about and why so i think uh, the thing i'm most passionate about is being able to just teach people general things. So whether that's, uh, I think that's why I love the the DM or GM kind of role is that I'm, I'm able to teach these players and get them excited about something. Uh, but it also pertains to just everyday use. So if I get to tell someone about my job and and really expose them to new things, uh, I get really excited about those those types of uh, events. So awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've gotten to know Dallas a little bit better, let's go ahead and make an NPC. Woo! All right. So uh, before we turn the mic on, you said that you had an idea for a character and you kind of wanted to improvise a little bit. So I guess let's work our way down the list of questions. What is the character's name? So I'm going, this is going to sound ridiculous, but that's just the, the way I do things, I guess. Uh, first name is Clocky. Clocky, okay. Last name, Woodman. Clocky Woodman. Okay. What is the ancestry for Miss, Ms., Mr. Woodman? <laughs> we'll go Mr. this time. Yeah. Mr., okay. Uh, so I was thinking Wood Elf. Wood Elf. Go with their last name, Woodman. Okay. Clocky Woodman Wood Elf. Okay, perfect. Uh, what is Clocky's job or role in society? So they are fascinated by time. Okay. And so this I, I might be jumping too far ahead here, but um, they kind of stumbled upon, uh, you know, not just using the sun as a form of time, okay. but kind of creating the first clock ever. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. 
okay, exploring the realm of, well, I know, I think in Critical Role, it's kind of described as Dunamancy, and which now, <laughs> it's super cool, Critical Role technically now is D&D canon, uh, like Ooh. Wizards of the Coast is publishing a thing for them, so maybe not Dunamancy, but just exploring time, building the first clock ever in the world. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, so how old is Woodman then? Uh, I'd say he's probably, he's a little young for an elf, maybe like 110. Is that is that a pretty young age for elves? <laughs> yeah, I think elves reach maturity at about uh, 100 years of age. They're considered to no longer be a child once okay, they reach okay. 100. Let's go with that. He's a yeah, young, just innovative person. Okay, yeah. let's describe the physical appearance of Clocky Woodman. Um, so we'll say he's about six foot three, um, kind of a slender man. Hopefully, he has a face and not <laughs> goes around terrorizing people. <laughs> <laughs> so his uh, yeah, his facial features uh, very. He's he's got some dark skin actually. Okay. Yeah, a uh, little bit of a pointy nose and some some eyebrows that just you always think he's surprised to tell you something okay yeah. cool uh any particular way that he dresses or carries himself um you know if you think of uh almost like a, a harry potter robe kind of situation so he's got you know this just one garment that kind of just goes over everything and that way he doesn't have to go out and buy clothes he could focus on building and continuing to invent this clock um so he just wears the same robe kind of like a steve jobs mindset okay <laughs> same outfit every time the patented turtleneck. Yeah, exactly. So interesting as we're, we're learning more about this clock. I was going to say, it's not. we're not heading into Zyborg clock territory, are we? I'm unfamiliar with Zyborg. Yeah, it was... Oh, that that's a whole rabbit hole on the internet. Since, since Clocky's interested in building this elusive first ever clock, whether it's going to do something with time itself or it's just magic or intricate gears. I don't know. I'm just interested to learn more about it. So would you say then that's the valuable item in his possession is literally this this master clock that he's been building for the last hundred years or so? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Yep. Okay. Oh, and then I accidentally skipped a question. Uh, we'll go back. Describe Clocky with three adjectives. So I'd say... Uh... Precise, uh, stubborn, and a little mischievous. Precise, stubborn, and mischievous. (laughs) Interesting combination. (laughs) So I guess, yeah, it's just, you know, someone who kind of likes to meddle in a lot of things, but, you know, when they set their mind to something, they're going to see it all the way through, you know, with with that precision kind of mindset. Like, they're going to, you know, just be able to, to really finalize on whatever it is that they're headed towards whether that's good or bad. Okay. For player characters, when they encounter Clocky Woodman, what is the particular side quest that Clocky's going to offer to them? So I think, you know, him being this mischievous person, um, but still, you know, has his work to attend to, he would like to get some more insider knowledge on any of the other village people and whether or not that they have ever thought about time. Um, So... Kind of getting the characters to go around, meet the different townsfolk, and just deliver that insider knowledge to him so that he can kind of capitalize on this whole this whole time and clock situation. Okay, so he lives in a, a town, then, a civilized town, so he's not, like, with his own people, necessarily. 
Right. Yeah. Kind of like in the, in the forest, I guess you would have this, you know, collective of, of individuals who all have their, their different uh, professions. And so kind of meeting and greeting with those folks to, to learn more. Okay. And, uh, so what is going to be the reward in completing Clocky's mission? The player characters go around this community of other, I suppose, like-minded individuals. They gather all the information about them. They come back to Clocky and, you know, report what they find out. What's the reward that Clocky's going to give them? So I think that it would be kind of cool if he would create small, almost like pocket watches, like the first ever pocket watches. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, and so he could hand those to the players to maybe aid them in, in tracking their time a little more sufficiently than, than just by day and night. Oh, wow, that's super cool. Yeah, or unless you take that feat where you're just like, I know what time it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then what is going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call? The player characters stumble upon Clocky. They're like, hmm, this guy's weird or he wants us to go spy on people. No, I'm not really interested in that. What's going to be the consequence for the results of that? So I think if you were to deny the quest, um, <laughs> this is kind of silly, but instead of him asking you to go out and spy on these other individuals, he will now follow you around for some amount of time and spy on you and kind of how you behave throughout the day. Um, and, you know, for maybe a matter of weeks, he just kind of adventures out. But, you know, being this stubborn individual, he'll go until he gets what he needs, which might just be, a, you know, kind of researching why, why is it that you didn't take the test or take this uh, quest and, um, and just learning more about what people do during the day. Right. So kind of just a creepy little guy. Interesting. <laughs> so kind of like, not not evil, but not good, just kind of like his own little force of chaos. And remind me again, the reason why he's wanting the player characters to spy on the other people is because he's been so focused on perfecting and building this clock that he doesn't even know who's around him? Or Yeah, and kind of just getting, you know, maybe other people know about things related to time. And so he would like to take that kind of... Uh, knowledge and create almost like a little data pool of just different research that he doesn't have the time to go out and oh i see so like if someone has a book on time exactly be like hey if you if there's any way you can grab that book for me or like oh this guy he knows a little bit about time magic and learn from him so he's not having to leave his research necessarily but like you were saying if if the player characters ignore him blow him off he just kind of gets incensed and is like, well, I'm going to follow you and figure out what you know. Right. right. And then it's just kind of like, kind of like Smeagol, just kind of following along, not really interacting with the players, but just kind of watching and taking notes until the players are like, dude, why are you following us? Exactly. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Were you wanting to take a stab at any of these other optional questions that I had? Or? Yeah, sure. Let's try it. All right. What are the goals and motivations uh, for Clocky and how do they affect his personality so i think uh we kind of touched on a little bit but really his his main goal is just to be the inventor of this time capturing device so it may not be that he's 100 percent through with it he might still have some development to do in it but uh that'd be his his impact that he would create on the world is the invent the invention so okay and because of that, it affects his personality where he's just like, hey, I'm precise, I'm stubborn, I'm going to figure this out, I'm yep. going to do it. Yep, just kind of hones in to that one task and, you know, aside from basic necessities to live, that is his reason for living. Okay, let's see. The The next question kind of pertain to, like, 
tone of voice, accents? Like, is there, does he have different ways of talking with different people? Or, you know, how does he, you know, does he just have a general voice that he speaks in or you know, anything like that? Yeah, I wouldn't say he has a different kind of accent that any of the other villagers would have, but he definitely, when it comes to uh, speaking with people, is a little more upfront and, and bold, uh, a little crass, just because he doesn't have the social skills not being out in the world for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little, yeah, a little more, uh, a little more rude. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, has Clocky made an impact on the world, and how has he shaped the, the, the local area. And does he have any current problem that he's working on that prevents him from being a bigger player on the stage? So I think he's almost there to creating that impact on the world. Uh, people in the village mostly just see him as, you know, just like the, the little old man in the shadows. Well, not, not old, actually. but Right, by elf standards, he's not old. But humans are like, oh, man, that guy's been there forever. Right, right. And so he uh, you know, just kind of keeps to himself. No one really says anything. Um, but I think what could end up propelling him into like a more major role uh, is that invention and how he could take it to help out some of these heroes that are on their adventures. Interesting. Well, I think uh, we've got a pretty good history developed for Clocky. So now let's head into... The Random Encounter. Dun dun. All right, so this is the part of the show where we attempt to do a roleplay exercise. So I'm wondering, with you know two DMs here in the uh, room, as it were, perhaps we could, you know, collaborate, set a little scene, and then um, I think obviously you'll be playing the part of Clocky. And then I believe I will be the character Duncan, who seems to show up in a lot of these random encounters. Uh, he's just an adventurer, homicidally brave, willing to do most anything. So he helps uh, propel most of the uh, random encounters forward. Very cool. So how about I let you go first to kind of set the the scene of where uh, Clocky's community and, and shop is. Okay, sure. So setting the scene, I guess, will be... Uh, in his home, so we got this. He actually lives in a tree. Okay. Uh, giant tree. <laughs> um, it's a little little burnt on the edges, you know, because he doesn't take very good care of it. Uh, whenever you enter inside, you'll see tons of different lanterns that have been posted around the inside of the of this tree. Uh, lots of lots of books, lots of papers just thrown about. Very messy, almost hoarder like, um, and. Clocky will just be sitting at the same desk that he's sat in for years and years, just continuing to, to kind of twiddle with his, uh, his gears and gadgets. And so coming into the scene, uh, Duncan having come off his last adventure of, uh, I believe it was subduing the undead goblin burial mound uh, for a certain mortician, uh, he stumbles onto the next community and he uh, sees this community of houses uh, built up against these trees and, uh, you know, these, you know, halfling uh, hills and everything. And he sees this gigantic tree and it kind of grabs him by surprise. And so he sees that there's a little sign uh, that has like clocks and gear work on. And he he's thinking, hmm, perhaps, uh, perhaps this establishment will have some much needed magic items that I'm in need of. And so, cha-ching, cha-ching, he opens the door and steps in and he takes into view all these uh, 
you know, the hoarder appearance. He sees like various gears and machinations and all kinds of devices hanging on the walls. And he'll just kind of like, wow, this, uh, this place is quite large on the inside and full of wondrous devices. Oh, hello there, sir. I didn't mean to intrude upon your work. My name is, uh, Duncan. And I was hoping that, uh, Perhaps you had some magic items or interesting gizmos for me to purchase. Well, Duncan, I believe you are disturbing me, as the sign does clearly say closed outside. But oh, it does? <laughs> I didn't see such a sign. I apologize. No worries. But now that you're here, I believe I do need your assistance with something. Oh, you do? Well, by my charge, it is... Uh, you know, rude for me not to accept any quests put before me, so please do continue, good sir. Well, that's great, because we just had four adventurers here who declined my quest. Oh. I'm unfortunate to say that I have been following them for some time. Oh, really? That's right. Here, hold this gear. Uh, uh, okay. He holds a strange gear in his hand. <laughs> now I need you to take this gear okay. around the town. Okay. Show the gear to all the people and... Elves that you come into contact with. Okay. And ask them if they've seen this before. And that's all I have to do. That's right. And I, he pulls out a small pocket watch on a chain. Oh, what is that? I don't believe I've ever seen one of these before. <laughs> and he starts to almost hypnotize. As Duncan's head starts <laughs> following the swing of the, this device. Yeah. And you will do this for me. Is that right, Duncan? Yeah. He kind of shakes his head and he's like... But of course, but of course, easy enough. <laughs> and so Clocky just shoves the stopwatch back into his uh, his pants as he sees that it's clearly not hypnotizing Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be great. Carry on, or do you need anything else? Uh, no, uh, I guess if I'm going to be getting one of those, what is what is that device, by the way? What does it what does it do? It clocks time. Clocks dun, dun, dun. And scene. That's that's good enough. <laughs> Clocks time. That's the best I can come up with there. Clock stoppers. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, I guess now we head into our final thoughts. So what did you think of this particular experience? I actually had one more thing. Oh, okay. I would like to just comment on how I how Clocky almost has the exact same voice as Duncan. Oh. So there's that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we talked in the both 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 of us talked in that kind of just expressive. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah I so just kind of have like a life. generic voice for Duncan. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's all I had to comment on that. So here in the final thoughts, you know, I just like to get my guests uh, feedback and you know do a vibe check and see if the, how they how they thought their experience was and and everything. So what did you think about uh, kind of diving back into the Dungeons and Dragons world and terminology a little bit? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, Obviously, you can see I'm a little rusty as I stumble upon my words and who my character even is. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really fun. Um, I actually forgot to add this in, but I picked up the uh, D&D Essentials Kit, I think is what it's called. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to try to get uh, Skylar, my girlfriend, back home to to run her first campaign. So Awesome. Yeah, well, so. well, we can't wait to hear how it goes. And maybe even after Skylar's uh, had a chance to play, maybe she'll want to guest on the show and oh, make yeah. up an NPC. Oh, I bet. Awesome. Uh, and uh, before we go into the outro of the show, 
was there anything that you wanted to plug, whether it's a project you're working on or maybe there's something cool that you really like and you just kind of want to give it a plug here right at the end of the show before we go? Um, well, I think the only thing I could really plug is uh, I do paintings and drawings outside of work. So cool. if you guys would like to check that out. Yeah, uh, could, for sure. Yeah, you could visit my Instagram. Uh, it's just Instagram.com slash salad underscore TX, like Texas. Uh, salad Texas? Yeah, and that's salad with two L's, so it's basically just my name backwards. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> salad. Salad. Yep. Slods. Oh, no. Slods. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, um, just give money to people in need, animals and all that. Awesome. Thank you for being a guest on my show. I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the initiative and uh, coming up and being like, hey, when am I going to be on the show? So this this was great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for more individuals who need to be here. That I think need to be here. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Google Play, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, https colon forward slash forward slash sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the podcast. To stay up to date and share your fan creations, you can like and follow the podcast on social media by searching for at Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast is also on Reddit, so join our subreddit community at r slash podcast to share your art, stories, discussions, and commentary. If you'd like to hail the bard, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests, all one word, at gmail.com. I ask that you please leave an honest review on iTunes to help spread the word about the show. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!